Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. You know, hey everybody, you have heard me now for 15 years, Benny and I for sure, uh, every time we go in and out of breaks, we have this incredible music that shifts and change and matches the energy of the show, the upbeat conversations. And many of you have said, we love the music. Why is that? Well, I'm not going to answer that question. Christina Rodriguez joining us here today to talk about music improving the quality of life and how Coors Light is jumping in to help us with this. Uh, thank you, Christina, for joining me here today. I, I mean, what do you think about that? You know, out of 15 years doing this, you know, feedback, oh, we love the music going in and out of breaks. I don't think you're a surprise, right? No, not at all. Um, music is the universal language, and it has the capacity to tap into many brain areas, and it serves as a treasure box for memory. So when we listen to our favorite music, we often recall our past. We may remember the moment when we first danced with, with, danced with somebody that we loved, a family vacation, a funny time with friends. We remember those moments that make us human. You know, you are the president and co-founder of Mind and Melody which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the quality of life for those experiencing neurological impairments, such as Alzheimer's, but there are others. And I want to ask you this question. What is it about your life, your life's journey, your purpose that called you on the pathway to be the spokesperson for this? So I've always been very interested um, in the intersection between music and science. Uh, the idea for Mind and Melody was born when I was 14 years old. I was volunteering at a hospital, and I thought, I want to create this room filled with instruments where the community could come in and, and just change the, the environment. And this idea stuck with me for many, many years. Um, I started learning about how music impacts the brain, especially for older adults experiencing these types of neurological impairments. So it wasn't until my junior year of college when I was able to bring this idea to fruition. Um, you know, you are, uh, first of all, thank you for doing what you do. But you are, for many people listening to this, especially those of us here, with Latino backgrounds, we are here and, and lineage, we are here to say congratulations to you for many things, but also for being a leader in this arena, for really stepping out and, and becoming a role model for uh, many, many people, but also uh, Latino professionals. I want to ask you this question as to your journey and your life. Um, here we are, and we are now on the, on the brink of encouraging and creating positive impact on the community. Can you tell me 
how this program by Chorus, your role in it, is going to make a positive impact in communities across the world and United States. Let's start there. Yes, absolutely. So the Coisa Leaders Program helps emerging Latino leaders across the country, like myself, who are dedicated to improving their community. And the program highlights 12 Latino leaders every year, and the Leaders participate in a month campaign to raise awareness about the work that they're doing. So I won the 2018 Coisa Leader of the Year, and the way that you win the campaign is the person with the most votes and you receive $25,000 to expand your programs in the community. So that's what we are going to be doing at Mind and Melody. We're going to be bringing more music programs into healthcare facilities and at home for seniors that are experiencing dementia and Alzheimer's. And, you know, let's talk about that because one of the things that I am so Uh, first of all, intrigued and honored to be speaking with you about is your role and looking at our beautifully aging community, our seniors, our wise ones, the folks that have been with us. And if you come from families, I think like you and I come from, we know that these seniors have been the role models. They set the stage. They set the tone in the family. How important is it for us to remember these beautiful people that have come forward in our lives and and make sure we're there to support them. It's extremely important. You know, I think sometimes uh, there's a lot of focus on, on you know, staying young and, and people fear aging. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, like you said, um, it brings so much wisdom and and really it's, it's beautiful to see the amount of knowledge that they have to share and how much we can learn from them. Uh, I see that all the time, even with somebody that may have dementia and Alzheimer's and, and cannot communicate with you, they can still teach you a lot. Um, even with just their eyes, you know, their their expressions. I, I've had older adults just, you know, lightly grab my hand and 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 give me a kiss, even on, and they don't even know who I am. And I and it shows the the level of compassion and and how they still want to be connected and and they should be valued and appreciated. Uh, you know, I, I want to ask you two different questions. First of all. Tell us about the Coors Light Leaders Program, but more importantly, I would love to know about mind and melody. So let's take one of those at a time. Sure. So at at Mind and Melody, we transform the lives of individuals with dementia through music, and we team up young people and people experiencing dementia to create a collaborative music experience. So during that one hour, we play live music from the 30s and 70s, and we incorporate musical activities to stimulate them socially, cognitively, creatively. So things that we will do will be will teach them how to conduct a, per- a particular pattern so they can determine the speed or the volume at which a musician performs. We'll have drums around around in a circle and we'll have them drum to particular rhythms from, from around the world. Um, and we see that they just completely light up. Um, there's one gentleman that is very, very dear to my heart. He was... When I met him and when I saw what happened, which I will tell you in, in, in a few minutes, yeah. it was what really led me to realize that this is the type of work that I want to be doing for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. And 
this gentleman's name is David. And when I first met him, he, he was in our sessions and they usually take place in a group setting. Um, he kind of sat off in the corner and he wouldn't engage with us or with anything that was going on, even though we had, you know, tambourines, maracas, like a very colorful room, very lively. He would just sit in his wheelchair with his head down, kind of eyes closed. Um, and we thought we were never going to be able to reach him until one day we found out that he was a professional violinist. So we brought in a viola, which is a very similar instrument. Yeah. We put it in his pan. And he began to play flawlessly. He could play by ear. He even had some little tremors, and they were just completely gone. Um, It was the first time that I saw him smile, that I could ask him, David, how are you doing? And he said, you know, I'm doing great. Um, I actually heard his voice for the first time. Um, It was the first time that I saw the real David. Mm. Well, I got to tell you, the viola got me off the streets in the Bronx, uh, when, when I, <laughs> when I was an early teen and, you know, I mean, I don't even know how you get to play the viola on the streets of the Bronx where I came from, but that was a miracle for me. And that's why I'm so excited about what you're doing, because I know what it meant to me. I know what music has meant to me. You know, one of the least likely people, right, to be able to have an experience. So handing someone a, a viola and have them play it it literally resonates throughout every cell of their body. That's what's so important about this too. We, we don't really talk enough about not only the mental, but the emotional side of what you're doing here, Christina. That's really also key, isn't it? Yes, that is extremely important uh, to see, you know, to be able to connect with, with, um, with older adults that are, that are experiencing this um, a lot of the times they may be isolated and you're really, you kind of become like their family member. And that is, you see it. I mean, I, I see it all the time when they grab my hand, or they just give me a kiss or they ask me for a hug. Um, you feel that love there. Well, I got to ask you one more question about Mind and Melody. For those of you out there, go to mindandmelody.org. Uh, and then we'll talk about chorus. When I was looking at the website, I noticed that beyond the fabulous work you and your uh, other co-founder have done, I'm looking at now calls to action. So what you have here as well is you say apply now and there are volunteer opportunities. And I looked at that and it was volunteering internships and starting a club. What does that mean? Yeah, so we actually start... um chapters of our organizations at universities, and that's a really great way for for millennials to get involved and, and start uh, raising awareness about Alzheimer's and dementia and how music can impact uh, their lives. So the clubs really help um, recruit volunteers, whether they have a music background or not. I love it. Uh, You know, you're talking to somebody that is active in the senior community as well. But I will say it's really not as beautiful and pretty as what you're doing. I play table tennis because we've now found that playing table tennis with seniors also improves this. So what I'm going to recommend is now playing table tennis with music in the background. Tell us about chords. (laughs) I mean, think about it. I never thought about that. But you know what's interesting about us? Yeah, you can change. Oh my God! <laughs> you can I, change the speed of the music oh, and do some I coordination with that. 
Well, you know, it's funny. We're talking about this because I play table tennis, you know, and I played in a tournament a week ago and I bring my iPod. So before I play, I have a song in my iPod I play and I play it over and over again. And right now it has to be happens to be titanium. But I never put this together until I read about what you're doing. So I think we're going to have to play some music. How can people find out more about this? But also, what is the call to action now for cores? What do they want folks to know about and do? Yes, so... The Course I Leave It Is program has created a tremendous amount of exposure for, for myself and for my organization. Um, you know, it has put us on a national platform, and we've also had the opportunity to win this $25,000 award, which is going to expand our programs in the community. That is huge. Yeah. And the nominations for the Leave It Is uh, opened next year, February 2019. You have to be 21 years and older um, to you know, to participate in the program, but the community can can nominate, and um, it's it's to to stay informed about how to get involved and how to apply. You can visit coreslightleaveitis.com, and I really encourage the listeners to take the time to look around their community and see who really is making a difference, so they can participate in this program. Tell tell our folks what leaveitis means. So Lividis means leave it in Spanish. Yes. <laughs> I, and I, I, I mean, come <laughs> that's, on. That's, that's know, a direct we, translation. Well, yeah. Well, but, we, you know, I think, I think you're trying to get at what it means to be a leader. Um, exactly. And, you know, to, to be a, a Latino leader, um, I think it takes a lot of, a lot of perseverance. Um, mm-hmm. It takes a lot of listening to people saying no um, and keeping your head up and, and, and keeping that momentum going to accomplish the vision that, that we have set in front of us. I think that's what being a leader means. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know this because of my nieces and, you, you know, one in particular, one of our amazing, amazing lineage here was the head of the Latino club at NYU. So that's why I was so excited to talk to you. I, I want to just ask one last question. I know you got to run. I, I, I read a quote by you and I want to talk with you about it because it's directly related to empowering leaders to climb on, Right. It's, and I just want to read it, and I would like you to comment about it. It says, I'm inspired when I see someone pursue what they love. I believe we all have the ability and capacity to help innovate and positively impact our community. Music is a universal language, and it speaks to all of us regardless of age, race, and mental ability. My mission is to bring one of humanity's greatest gifts to those that need it most. Are you more inspired now? <laughs> 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 yes. Um, I mean, I think that quote really encompasses everything that I believe in. Um, I think um, as people, we should really find what our mission and our and our calling is um, and work towards that um, and incorporate it in, into your life. And I am very, when I see somebody find that thing um, and then pursue it, that just to me, that's just like on a whole another level. Um, it, it really motivates me uh, to, you know, to keep doing what I'm doing, and it just makes me really excited to to be able to see that. All right, last question. I know you got to run. I want to know what's on the horizon for you. What the vision is. 
What would you love to see happen to mind and melody? What would be, and think big here, this is a big thinking question here, what would you like to see happen now as a result of what you've been acknowledged for? Congratulations. But what's the next year for you? And by the way, for those of us that are Sagittarians and we're moving into the most expansive Sagittarian time of our life, I need a big answer from you. So, you know, what I, what I really wish to see is a future where younger generations care for elders, that people are driven with the intention of wanting to be there for others, that they want to be present and they want to make sure that older adults feel valued, appreciated, happy, and connected, because we really need people to carry this energy with them. I really see, you know, maybe somebody going into a healthcare facility and they're being people that are there that kind of become, you know, your, your family, because sometimes our, our older adults, um, you know, their family may pass away or their friends, um, you know, may live in another state and, and it gets lonely, but we can really um, use our, our compassion and, 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 and humanity to, to become this, this new family. I see this happening in, you know, in healthcare facilities, but also at home. And, and that's really the shift that, that I would like to see. All right. I love it. You know, thank you, Christina. Christina Rodriguez, everybody. And what I want to say is let's give Coors Light a little nod up for stepping in the game and acknowledge what needs to be done across the world, but in our communities. Christina, I got to tell you, you rock. You're rocking it. Thank you so much. Yep. And by the way, you're going to hear more about this because we are excited about this. We know the magic of this, but also the dedication to make sure that we do not lose our respect. We do not lose what we most committed to for our fabulous aging senior population that have given so much. Christina, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. To see your life from an angel's perspective, book a personal consultation with Claire Candy Hoff, angelic walk-in angel Ariel at Angel Healing House. Candy provides intuitive counseling, Reiki, and angel readings in person in Los Angeles or nationally and internationally via phone or Skype. She will channel the practical tools you need to transform your life. Call now, 831-277-3716 or visit angelhealinghouse.com. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. Do you find yourself wondering, why me? Learn a new shift in perspective to see how everything that takes place in your life is actually working for you and shifting you towards your own enlightenment. Tune in to Blank Enlightenment Radio with Misty Thompson each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit MistyMThompson.com. That's MistyMThompson.com. 
Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik has a special gift for everyone out there. To receive three chapters of the Knowledge Book as a special gift, send your email to mmjp99 at gmail.com. That's Amazon Mary, Amazon Mary, JP99 at gmail.com now to receive this fabulous, fabulous gift of the Knowledge Book. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. everybody. Chef James Brissione is joining me here today. The chef. Holiday hosting hacks. Chef and entertaining expert shares, and that's who he is. We're going to learn some tricks for a stress-free holiday season. And why are we starting this now? Because I'm telling you, we are already fired up, stressed up about this holiday season. And guess what? The chef is in the house. Welcome to the show, Chef. Let's talk about this. I am sensing people are already stressed uh, stressed out a little bit. What is your sense of it? I mean, you know, I, it feels like everything is so stressful these days, you know, and with the holidays coming up, it's just piling so much more on you. So, yeah, you want to go in with a good plan and be ready to make this as easy as possible. Well, look, it, you are a two-time a chop champion, like my favorite show uh, forever. Uh, uh, you are author, Food Network personality. You have been in the trenches. You know what it's like to compete, but you also know what it's like to go to the public and bring, bring things to the public that the public wants. And what I mean by that is it's okay to have a great Bernay sauce on your eggs if you want it. But here is today your venue for telling us tips for the holiday and let's get them going. What are your top well, ones and, and give us a little background to them. Yeah, well, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, for me as, as a chef and, you know, kind of going into to any event, any meal, whatever it may be, the key is always having a great plan. So you want to go into all of your holidays with a good plan, thinking about all the potential pitfalls, what could go wrong and what's likely to happen and, we all know what's likely to happen, uh, you know, after years of experience. And for me, you know, holiday season, there's nothing better than getting together with the, There's actually only one thing better than getting together with family for the holiday season, and that's getting away from family at the holiday season. That's why I love Booking.com. No matter where you're going and who you're traveling to see, you can find some awesome alternative accommodations. So, you know, we're talking about more than just hotel rooms. You can find, you know, a downtown apartment, a cabin out in the woods. You can find any kind of any unique place to stay uh, that's not just your average hotel room. So you get to go, be close, have some nice time with family. Then at the end of the day, you can get away as well. Well, let's take a look at this. I love the getting away part. The other thing that you said is so important is, you know, for those of us listening, right, Chef? The idea is you don't have to really say, oh, I got to get away for two weeks. Just getting away and taking a breather can energize you, right? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. You, know, you, you, want to have, you want to have a little space. You want to be able to have your own kind of personal quiet time. I mean, you know, when you, you know, it, it can be a little unsettling to be out of your, you know, out of your own home, out of your own space. So you can have, mm-hmm. you know, your own unique place. You know, that's why, that's why we think booking.com is, is just great. Awesome. I want to ask you a question. What's going to end up on the table this year? Give us some <laughs> what's hot and what's not. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're going, we, we love to go all out. And, and this is, you know, I, I just said, you got to have a great plan. Yep. Um, and this is where my wife and I always clash because, you know, she wants to have that plan. And I want to like, just show up <laughs> at the grocery store, or the market and, and, and find, you know, some inspiration. Then uh, you know, we always have our kind of our centerpieces planned now. And then we like to get creative uh, with, you know, with the sides. Uh, we're going to be having a, a lot of fun this year, you know, with that. But I, you know, I think vegetable, you know, you want to round out a, a good meal with lots of vegetables. But say one thing that always ends up on my table is a good ham. You know, you can focus on lots, uh, you know, lots of other things, some homemade recipes, some simple things. Um, but you know, a great ham, heat and serve. They're so easy. And my favorite part of the ham is all the leftovers it provides. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such an easy thing to put on the table. And then there's so many great things you can do with it the next day. Yeah. But this holiday season, especially, uh, the makers of Cure 81 Hams have partnered up with Convoy of Hope, which is an amazing organization that's working to fight food insecurity, uh, really in this country and really across the world. Um, Hormel Foods, if you get on Twitter and tweet out hashtag Hams for Hunger and tag Hormel Foods in it, they're going to donate $10 for every tweet that goes out. So that $10 that goes to Convoy of Hope can feed a child for a month. So you can enjoy a great holiday ham, have some delicious food on your table, and really do some good this holiday season. So that's, that's a gra- uh, really a great one for me. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because we're sitting here and all of a sudden we have a, uh, what do they call it? We have a kink in the wrench because it was going to be holiday Thanksgiving dinner, but because we got newlyweds, it's going to be lunch. And we're sitting here, (laughs) what the heck are we going to make? And you just gave us the answer. I love that answer because you're right. Pea soup from that ham is awesome. Let's talk about a couple of things too, because don't you love pea soup? And I know you've got a great recipe for that, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I do. I do. You know, pea soup, uh, eggs, eggs the next day with the <gasps> chopped up ham in it and some cheese. Mm. My absolute, my absolute favorite. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, pea soup. I mean, that's, you know, that's the key. And actually now, you know, we've just, I've just moved back down South. So, you know, I'm always thinking about something like a red beans and rice as well mm. with some of that leftover ham, peas and beans and, and ham. They're just made to go together. They are so made to go together. My family like from the South. So I'm thinking more like grits and ham. <laughs> there you go. Um, I want to ask you this question because people get really kind of bummed out about what do I got to make? How do I have to make it? And there is a preparation, for example, getting the table set, how, how to really orchestrate the, the event so it's beautiful, so you bring people together. Um, what do we focus on? And I want to ask you this question. I want to hear a little bit out of the box because when you say vegetables to people, they are like, I am going to the frozen food section. Let's talk veggies and let's talk out of the box because after all, you are a two-time chop champion. 
Um, oh man. So we actually, you know, what I, what I think I'm going to, to adapt, I actually had just in a restaurant last night that I think is going on our table this year was a autumn, uh, an autumn kind of winter vegetable panzanella. Now you being, being a great Italian woman, I know you know what panzanella is. So, you know, you go out there and get some good kind of hearty sourdough bread, chop it up, toast it with some oil and garlic. And then we're tossing that with roasted Brussels sprouts, uh, roasted, um, roasted butternut squash, a little bit of you know, crispy ham or bacon, some uh, thinly sliced onions and balsamic vinegar. And that is just such a, a hearty, beautiful, kind of unique salad. So again, you know, you can, that's, that's something you can invest a little bit of time in and then you know, find some ways to, to save some time you know, on other parts of the meal. Wow, you just nailed it, because guess what? Uh, my family up there is from the Toscano, right? So you oh, just, perfect. yeah. And, you know, my uh, grandma used to call this uh, a poor person's uh, salad. She used to, to oh, yeah. to, but I, I can't remember the Italian version of it. But the reason that they called Cucina it that Polvere. is hearty. Yes. Oh, it, it's, and it's so fantastic. Just make sure those Tuscans are still putting, are putting salt in their bread. It's the only issue I have. Uh, to, yeah, you have to put salt in the bread, right? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never even I don't even understand how not to put salt. Well, let's ask. (laughs) I mean, let's go to a couple of other questions. People wonder. I don't know how decorated the house should be. I don't know what I should do. But before we even get to that, how can we find out more about this? And also, you're doing this from a fabulous humanity perspective. How can people get involved, chef? Well, you know, once again, so people can find more information about everything we're talking about today at betterstuffforlife.com. Um, but, you know, again, for getting involved, you can go with, you know, uh, go get on Twitter and tweet out that hashtag hams for hunger uh, tag at Hormel Foods in it. And they're going to donate $10 for every tweet, uh, you know, which is which is just a really fantastic and such a simple way. Uh, you really could not they could not make it any easier to, to help out this holiday season. Uh, a couple of things we didn't talk about. We're going to talk about the setting, but I got to ask you this because the question already came in. Look, what kind of holiday refreshment drink should we serve? You know, of course, people do wine, but every year holiday, people are like, I want a fresh holiday drink here. I need to have something that's different than what I've been serving for 15 years. Well, I tell you what, you know, my, my go-to for, for any entertaining is always going to be just a good, simple bottle of Prosecco. Mm. You get those festive bubbles. Uh, it's the great Prosecco can be pretty inexpensive. But if you want to take it up to the next level, get yourself a bottle of, you know, uh, of a bitter, like a Campari or Aperol to make a simple spritz. Awesome. You know, Prosecco, Aperol, and you're on your way. All right, so I know we're going to have a short couple minutes here left. I got to ask you, when you and your wife do this, I got to bring your wife in here in a minute. Uh, when you kind of get ready for the holiday, do you guys just, what do you do? Do you say, hey, hon, what are you going to wear for the holiday? <laughs> do you go like matchy or are you more like uh, she's who she is and I'm who I am and, you know, just asking? Uh, uh, let's make it clear that my, my outfit always goes secondary, uh, to whatever she's wearing. So she decides what she's wearing. And then I, you know, often just kind of 
I have a couple options ready and, and let her let her let me know what's uh, what's best because I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from her. She's she's a superstar. But, you know, you know, we've also got now the kids to think about. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're always we're always looking for, you know, we're of course, we're thinking about, you know, how we're getting them dressed. But also, you know, holiday season, we've got a lot of mornings off school now and we want to have some fun ways to, you know, create some holiday memories with the kids, which is, you know, one thing we love is Pillsbury. We're kind of going in a different direction now, but Pillsbury cinnamon rolls. Yes. You know, they are a staple of my holiday shopping list. They're always in the fridge. The cinnamon rolls, the crescent rolls, you know, there's so much you can do with them. It's so easy to create some great holiday memories, you know, around those. I remember as a kid waking up in the morning and, you know, running into the kitchen to pop open that can and I could not wait to get those in the oven and, you know, me and my brother always fought over who would pour the icing over the top. And, and now, now my kids fight over who's doing the icing on the cinnamon rolls. Um, so that's, oh. you know, just a staple. You know, even, even as a chef, I don't care. You can't do it better than the Pillsbury cinnamon roll. And so, much, so many fun recipes you can create with the crescent rolls as well. You can go to their website yeah. uh, with, for lots of inspiration there. Um, yeah. You know, and then... And then the last thing we got to talk about is is holiday gift giving. Yes. You know, you want you want to make it simple, but you know the key to a great gift is something unique, something personal, something personal. Um, one great option this year, because Lord, listen, we all know we could probably stand to wash our hands a little more often in holiday cold season. My soft soap. If you go to mysoftsoap.com, you can create customizable, refillable liquid hand soaps. So you can upload a picture, you can put a personal message on there, you can even customize the scent. If you order by December 10th, they'll be ready in time for holiday gift giving. And it's a beautiful, personal, just wonderful, easy gift. You can get on their website, three easy steps, and you can knock out your entire gift list in just a few minutes. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because I think the trend, and I I know you got to run in a minute here, I think the trend, if there were one thing I would pick for this year, the trend that I'm seeing is it's personalized, whether it's a personalized gift or a personalized event, even setting the table up with something personalized, right, of good cheer, goodwill, and good giving. Don't you find that that is a trend that's kind of old school, goes back to my grandma, but I think it's coming back, Chef. What do you think? You know, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, that I mean, I think so wonderful now um, that that can be so easy to do. You know, again, we talk about just, you know, going online and, and you know, a few easy steps and, and you're there. Um, but it doesn't even have to be, you know, that. I mean, just, a, you know, a quick little personal note, handwritten yeah. name cards at the table. Mm. Uh, you know, go pick a few branches, uh, you know, from, from any plant, you know, in, in your yard and tie them up with a little piece of string around the napkins. And, you know, just easy personal touches. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I got to ask you one last question. We didn't even talk about it, but I know my listeners would be all over me if I didn't ask you. Give me a rock star dessert for the holidays. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't ready for the dessert question. I know question. they should have warned you about me, right? <laughs> they they did. Well, so, you know, we're my wife and I are in the process of opening a new restaurant down in Florida. Uh, so this isn't going to be helpful for your for your <laughs> listeners, but I just got a brand new gelato machine that I'm absolutely obsessed <gasps> with. So I know I know that that's not a huge help for you, but no, that's good. Um, that's good. I'm just, I'm, you know, but you know what? You can also that it is a great thing though because you can go to the store and again we talk about you know being convenient, get some great gelato, 
and then make a little cookie to go along with it. Make a little, we're actually doing, you know, uh, at the restaurant, we're, we're doing pumpkin pie gelato. So we're making our pumpkin gelato, but then we're just, you know, doing a simple baked, uh, you know, a kind of a, a, a crumble topping to, to put over the gelato, which is just absolutely fabulous. Um, so that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm doing this year. Um, but I also always love, you know, again, you can get, you know, Pillsbury makes a great pie crust. Yes. Go buy the pie crust. Get some great fresh fruit and a beautiful galette. You know, it's so simple. You don't have to have a special pan to do it. You don't really have to have any special skills whatsoever. Slice up some fruit, toss them with some sugar, a little cornstarch and some spices, pile them in the middle of that pie crust, fold it up just around the edges so you still see that fruit in the middle, and pop it in the oven. Um, Rustic, beautiful, simple. Um, and with a scoop of ice cream on top, you can never go wrong. Yeah, and let me just tell you, uh, this what you're mentioning is so cool because when you talk about gelato, that is like a family experience to get the kids, to get everybody involved with that. Absolutely. So yeah, and it doesn't matter what time of year it is, gelato is like all time of the year. Thank you so much, oh, Jeff. Right. One last question. What's your personal message and what's the website again? And thank you. Thank you for this. You know, Jeff... Go enjoy your holidays, but have a plan. Keep the stress low. Check out, get more information for everything we talked about at betterstuffforlife.com. All right. You rock, Chef. I'm telling you. Happy holidays. Thank you. you rock. I can see it in your future. (laughs) Three-time chop champion. All right. All right. Let's do it. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit spiritfireretreatcenter.com. Love Living Radio Ignite Your Whole Being with Emily Perkins is a show for those looking to explore the sparkling magnificence of their inner selves. Tune in every second and fourth Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific as Emily sheds a radiant light of love on the beauty and power that resides within you. Discussing love in all its forms through conversations that provoke awareness, curiosity, and expansion, Emily shares the unlimited power of love. For more information or to listen to this show, visit lovelivingholistics.com. Are you ready to create a life you'll really love? Then you'll want to tune in to the hit show Life Design Radio from Adversity to Awesome with Susan DiLorenzo. Live each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. No matter where you are in your adversity story, Life Design Radio has got you covered. Get ready to feel inspired, enlightened, and motivated. For more information about working with Susan, visit SusanDiLorenzo.com. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. 
Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about living lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Are you ready to finally feel empowered and knowledgeable in your political stance? Let Marsha Padilla Goad educate you on exactly how important grassroots advocacy is in a relatable way to all perspectives. Tune in to Grassroots Advocacy Radio with Marsha every first Tuesday of the month at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Visit DynamicsInPublicAffairs.com. Hey everyone, welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show key information segment. You know, today, one of the things that I'm struck by is for those of us that have grown up in environments where many of us didn't understand the consequence of smoking or being in environments that was not the greatest for our breathing or our health, we are now acutely aware of something that I want to talk with you about today, along with my very special guest, Dr. James Kiley, Director, Division of Lung Diseases at the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute at the National Institutes of Health. Today's show is about COPD, Chronic Obstructive Pulmonary Disease, and by the way, information now is that it's the leading cause of death in the United States. Dr. Kylie, I think that alone is a shock to many people. Thank you for joining us here today. My pleasure. You know, I don't know that the public knows that COPD affects that many people. So I've got two questions for you. Uh, what is COPD and why is it that we don't know that? Good questions. COPD is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and it's a very severe life-threatening chronic respiratory condition um, where the lungs or the airways, the tubes that bring air into the lungs become partially blocked. And over time, it makes it difficult or more difficult, harder and harder to breathe. And sometimes you hear this uh, condition call, called other names like emphysema or chronic bronchitis. It's really kind of a similar uh, range of, of conditions from more mild to more severe, but it's an umbrella term that captures all of that. It is the lead, one of the leading causes of death in this country, uh, more than 150,000 deaths annually. If you think about that for a minute, every, there's a life claimed by COPD every three to four minutes in this country. And that's a really staggering statistic. In fact, if you drill down even further, 16 million Americans have been diagnosed with this disease, but it's estimated that maybe as many as that many more have the disease and they don't even know they have it. 
So what we want to try to do is get the word out to the public at large about the the problem, about one of the leading causes of death in this country, and about the fact that we have a disease that is preventable and uh, is treatable, and that if we can get that information out, individuals that may have difficulty breathing may be able to have a conversation with their health care provider and get um, diagnosed if they have a lung disease and perhaps on a, um, a management plan that will help improve their quality of life. Yeah, the other thing I read about this is also that uh, the disease itself expected to cost what close to $50 billion a year uh, by 2020. And I think that, you know, that's information enough to say there are so many people affected by it. But I don't know that people know if they're even at risk or, for example, I don't even know if I was correct in saying those of us that grow up smoking cigarettes I mean, what are some of the, let's say, predispositions for people to be aware of? Um, the, the major risk factor for COPD is uh, clearly cigarette smoking. It's the primary one. About 75% of people who have COPD either smoked, currently smoke, or once smoked, former smokers. But that's not the only way that individuals end up with the disease. As you said, there are other exposures. Anything that will really irritate the lungs, such as secondhand smoke, air pollution, chemical fumes, dust, things in the environment, in the workplace, these can all be risk factors. So going back to uh, you know, times in the past when we were just exposed to those things and thought they were harmless, now we really know that they were not harmless. And you may have um, be more susceptible to COPD or the lung conditions by you know, those previous exposures. But the big one is cigarette smoking. We want everyone to quit because that's clearly important. If you're a former smoker, uh, you really do want to have this conversation with your healthcare provider so uh, you can you get your lungs tested because you're, if, even if you smoked a small amount, you may still um, develop this disease. So there's a lot of ways in which you can kind of come to a COPD, and I think that's important for people to know it's not just a smoker's disease. There's even, a, even genetics can play a role in this disease. So it's really important that through many, many means and avenues that we get the word out that if you are having difficulty breathing, shortness of breath, chronic coughing, wheezing, anything that may be where you feel like you're not able to do things you would normally have done in the past easily uh, because your breathing is limiting you, then I think these are early warnings and signals that you should have that conversation. It's not just, it just doesn't happen because you're getting old or you're out of shape or something like that. It may be that you have this underlying lung disease that you need to have um, uh, diagnosed and treated. I want to ask you a, a two questions about that because I think it's important. One is the question that I think many of our listeners have asked is, look, I used to smoke. I haven't smoked in 20 years. You know, doesn't that exclude me from the evaluation of it? And then the second question is this notion of chronic coughing. Um, when, when I talk to people about their version of chronic coughing, I get answers like, well, you know, I don't cough all the time. I only cough when I eat. Or, gee, I don't cough all the time, only when I lay down and go to bed. And I think this is where we have to educate ourselves as to what some of the language means, right? 
Correct. I think we need to sort of have a sense of what does that chronic cough uh, really entail. Is this a cold? Is this an infection? Is this something that's passing and it, and, it, and you you know it, it it resolves itself? Is this something chronic that goes on? That's why we have this term chronic bronchitis. If it goes on for months, then it's not just sort of something that w- will will pass on its own. I think we w- want to be sure that individuals um, are um, aware of those uh, of those the changes in your breathing and 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 how that's affecting your daily activity and if that's the case then you do need to talk to your your healthcare provider right now there is many there are as many ex smokers uh in this country as there are smokers yeah. and so we have a huge huge backlog if you will of individuals who did smoke who took their the message seriously quit but unfortunately, the exposures that took place during those years of smoking did damage to the lung. And oftentimes it takes it's a slowly um, uh, condition that manifests itself slowly over time. And, and because the lungs have a lot of reserve, you don't even notice those symptoms. And they creep up very slowly, and then all of a sudden you have difficulty walking up the stairs. You have difficulty carrying in groceries. You have difficulty on the golf course. So those are really where you want to be acutely aware of those changes changes in your in your breathing and then bring that to the attention of your health care provider. Um, you, you know, there's so much to talk about, but I got to get to the solution real quick here before my time runs out. While <laughs> we now can shed the light on the fact that this is a serious, serious thing to look at for both parents, children, you name it. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Tell us about the light. Well, what we know is that it's a preventable, treatable disease. We can't cure it yet, and we're working on that at the National Institutes of Health and throughout the country. There's research going on that's sort of working in that direction. Clearly, we'd love to be able to do that. But we're, but in the meantime, we can control symptoms, and it's important that if we can detect the disease early, um, and there's very effective ways to do a simple breathing test in the doctor's office, determine uh, whether you have COPD or the lung condition, and then uh, from there there are a wide range of treatments and, ma- and ways in which this disease can be handled. And that's the good news with over the, about the past five or ten years, it's been increasingly more um, tools in the toolbox, so to speak, that allow uh, providers to help manage those conditions. You can control the symptoms, you can improve exercise capacity, you can prolong life. There are inhaled uh, agents that are available, this pulmonary rehabilitation that seems to be effective. Uh, it, it's an exercise program that will help uh, overall uh, breathing as well as um, your overall quality of life. There's uh, oxygen therapy to prolong life for those with severe COPD. And there's a lot of things in between there, diet, exercise, good healthy lifestyle, comprehensive assessment of how you're doing and putting breathing as your number one priority. I think that's really what we want to get people to recognize. And so we, we hope that we can continue to push the, um, the research forward that will bring us even more you know, in the way of treatments and ways to manage the disease and ultimately cure it. But in the meantime, uh, early detection, early diagnosis is the way to, uh, to really get a handle on this early and, and prevent that rapid decline and, and hopefully improve quality of life and 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 uh, prevent um, the the, uh, the 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 worsening of the symptoms. Yeah, uh, I don't want to run out of time without letting folks know how they can find out more about this, because there's nothing really worse than if you are a parent or a friend of someone 
and you're watching them struggle not to be able to share ways for them to get some help. How, how do people do that? Please, Dr. Kiley, how do they find out? Right. We have, um, t well, November is National COPD Awareness Month, and it's really important that we try to get the word out to everyone about uh, breathing and why it's important in diseases like COPD. Uh, we also have a national campaign called Learn More, Breathe Better, mm -hmm. and you can find all of that information on our website, copd.nhlbi.nih.gov. And uh, we hope that people will go to that website because the more you learn about this disease, the more you can understand it, and the better you can have that conversation with your healthcare provider. It needs to be a dialogue two-way, and it needs to be taken into account. Uh, like I always say to most people, if you can't breathe, nothing else matters. So you really need to have that conversation if you're having difficulty. And that runs the range, even though COPD is thought to be a disease uh, of, for adults over 45 and, as, and, and more the older population everyone needs to be aware of this uh, disease because of the exposures in the environment uh, and other things that irritate the lungs um, are all contributing to COPD and we know that the disease develops slowly and so we don't we want to minimize or eliminate those exposures whether it's cigarette smokes or other things that that irritates the lungs and that'll protect our lungs and give us the longest life and, and best ability to to uh, to live a high quality of life. You know, and our hearts go out to all of our friends and family in California right now because I don't think that people realize, uh, certainly for me, my friends that live on the big island don't really realize that beyond cigarette smoking, environmental conditions such as what people are experiencing in California, what the folks experience on the island of Hawaii with the fog, we don't realize that there are other environmental conditions that we should be aware of and perhaps even take preventative measures if you live in those areas. You know what I'm saying, Dr. Kiley? I do, and these are very important uh, components of uh, a comprehensive way in which you need to take into account your environment, your workplace, and, uh, and again, what you are inhaling. Uh, you have control of that, and some of it you can control, and 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 much of it you can you can do take the extra steps to mm -hmm. to make sure that your lungs are protected. I mean, they're valuable, they're precious, and you need them. And uh, we want everybody to be aware of um, being you know susceptible to to various things that do irritate the lungs and then lead to diseases that are very debilitating and chronic and lead to long-term disability and and um, and and really a very poor quality of life. Well, thank you, Dr. Kiley. And for those of you out there, Dr. Kiley, by the way, author, co-author of more than 100 scientific publications and abstracts, served as a reviewer for multiple scientific journals, and he does know what this message is about. Thank you so much for today. My pleasure. All right, everyone, let's take a short break. We'll be right back.
preceding audio was via a Skype call.